Good evening, and welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your sensational host, Evan Goldstein, and with me, as always, is the spectacular Karen Randazzo. Apparently, I did shoot the deputy. And the stupendous Chris Randazzo. My name is Kara Zorel. <laughs> <laughs> as always, we talk television. Uh, just to get it out of the way, this show is full of spoilers. So please, don't complain. We're giving you fair warning. If you don't want to hear any spoilers about Supernatural's most recent episode, the Supergirl new show, Ash vs. Evil Dead, and well Superman the Animated Series, shut us off now, go watch, come back, and enjoy. So I have, I, 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 for some reason, I don't know why. Someone came up with the idea for all of the shows to have the word super in it. I that didn't argue. <laughs> that was a fantastic idea, Chris. Uh, why don't you start us off? My name is Kara Zorel. No, it's As not. As every episode will always start forever. So the new Supergirl show started. And uh, as soon as it started, we were greeted with, My name is Kara Zorel. Just like every single episode of Arrow starts with, My name is Oliver Queen. And every single episode of The Flash starts with, My name is Barry Allen. <laughs> I know what your name is. I've seen the show. Like, all right, sure, do it for the first episode of Supergirl. But I swear to God, it's going to be on every episode. Just like it, we're in season four of Arrow. <laughs> season four. I know your name is Oliver Queen. Freaking no. That's pretty spot on on their intonation, though. Like, you did a really good job there. <laughs> well, thank you. So, yes, I believe um, the, the, all right, so the new Supergirl show premiered on um, CBS, which is not on Hulu. Um, and, oh, uh, that's it's... right. This is on CBS. I thought it was a C-dub. No, that's no. I was wondering a... why you were having issues finding it. Oh. It's really interesting because before this came out, see, this is uh, from uh, uh, the same, I think, producer, Greg Berlanti, as um, The Flash and Arrow. And everyone was like, oh, is there going to be crossover? I know it's you know, cross network, but it's possible. And I mean, after watching this episode, uh, the premiere episode of Supergirl, I totally understand why there's probably not going to be a crossover. I mean, obviously, you've got multiverse theory going on in. Um, the Flash, but mm-hmm. uh, it, this this clearly takes place in a world where Superman is an established superhero, which is definitely not the case in the world of Flash and Arrow. Because this show is like, nope, Superman is a dude, he is here, that is part of the plot. He's not a character on the show, but he's like kind of an off-screen character. Well, so, not that you'd notice, because they've mentioned the big guy like 400 times this episode. Oh, yeah. And we're very, very cute about never saying Superman. <laughs> my cousin, the big guy, my friend, all the this man crap. Man of Steel, the boy in blue, the blue bomber. I really need you to start talking about the beginning of the episode, because I have something to say. Go. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Well, actually, I want to make a quick, quick segue because uh, this this is the show I'm talking about because it's like it's clearly very important. But I want to say on record that the most recent episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kicked every kind of ass. Oh, my God. Totally. (laughs) It was incredibly good. If you haven't seen it, you have to watch it. This season, Fitz and Simmons, those actors are killing it this season. And this last episode was 
just a remarkable episode for uh, the actress who plays uh, Simmons. It was phenomenal. Anyway. Record has been taken and noted. Please proceed. Let's move on. <laughs> this right. testimony will not be used against you in a court of law. Darn tootin'. So, um, she's Supergirl. Uh, boy, I can't even remember how the, the okay. how okay. it started. It, it starts oh, with, yeah. with the backstory. My planet Krypton <laughs> blew up or whatever. Yeah, go ahead. What do you got to say? The baby had a spit girl. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice. <laughs> baby... Kal-El had a spit curl. Just in case you were confused on who that baby was, he had a spit curl. Okay, I feel better now. Go ahead. (laughs) All right, so um, the basics. They give you the basics of who Kara Zor-El is. Uh, You know, the story of Superman, dying planet, his parents shove him in a spaceship and say, go, go to Earth. Uh, The sun's going to supercharge you and you'll be a cool dude. And um, this presupposes that... uh, his cousin, they were like, yo, that's a great idea. Kara, why don't you, 13-year-old girl, go to Earth 2 and uh, – not, not Earth 2, not Multiverse Earth, Earth 2, but Earth also. as well. <laughs> and uh, and you watch after you watch after a little little baby, um, uh, Kal-El. Because just, just... when you're going to send an alien baby to another planet, what you really need to also send is the babysitter. <laughs> exactly. And, and, like, that was really forward-thinking of this family to say, we're not just going to dump a crying, screaming, potentially super-powered baby on them. We're going to send a babysitter, too. But <laughs> planet blows up. And her uh, spaceship winds up getting uh, hit by Krypton beams or something science fiction-y and winds up in the Phantom Zone, which is also science fiction-y. Phantom Zone is this, like, alternate dimension that they put criminals because that makes all the sense. I friggin' love comic books. It's like, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna crack open a separate dimension and make it our prison because nothing could possibly go wrong in that scenario. So, somehow, not really explained, uh, years later, 20-some-odd years later, Kara's uh, ship... Twelve. <laughs> 12, yeah, that's right, because then it's late, never mind. Yeah, 12, 12 years, thanks for paying attention, I was testing you, that her pod busts out of the Phantom Zone for reasons unknown, and like another ship. Because the show wouldn't exist if she didn't. But it could, this is science fiction, there could be any number of reasons. She had a Phantom Zone projector uh, nailed to the top top of her space pod, and she twitched in her sleep and accidentally opened up the door. See, I just wrote another explanation. (laughs) Done. So... For some reason, the Phantom Zone cracks open. She winds up on Earth following her original target, except, like, all this time has gone by, and Superman is already an established superhero. Guess who doesn't need a babysitter? Frickin' Superman. So, Kara's just like, well, I guess I'm just gonna try to be normal, because I don't want to be a freak of nature and studied and all that stuff, and Superman, he seems to have this shit under control. So, she grows up in a house with the Ferris family? Um, which I believe... Danvers, that's right, Danvers. Ferris is, that's, is Green Lantern. Ferris airplane. is Green Lantern. <laughs> Carol Ferris is in Green Lantern. Carol Danvers is Miss Marvel, different universe. That's where I was getting confused. I knew there was something Danversy in the comic books. Anyway, <laughs> so she grows up with the Danvers. Um, she gets a job at a... Wait, com- who like are the Danverses? Is, 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 is. 
some people. I don't know. They it were was Dean fucking Kane and a woman who played Supergirl in the movie. And that was where he was. I saw his name in the credits and then I'm looking for him the whole time and I completely missed him. I was so pissed. Thank yeah, we you. I'm a little tired when we watched that. I'm going to have to go back and look at that. <laughs> when they, when, 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 okay, because they show Superman like escorting, of course, the uh, silhouette man, because we don't want to call him Superman because he's never seen. Like he is, and then the family is walking across, and I'm like, "Holy shit! She's being raised by Superman and Supergirl! Oh, 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 this is gonna be awesome!" That's kind of awesome. Way to go! Good, good, good on you, show. I I think I'm done. I think I don't think I have any other Easter eggs. (laughs) So she gets raised by them to be like more or less a normal girl. She's got a sister and. Like, you know, an Earth sister or whatever. And uh, she grows up working for a newspaper that, uh, and media conglomerate that's run by Callista Flockhart with uh, her uh, surgically implanted resting bitch face, which is. <laughs> <laughs> she's freaky looking. <laughs> like, just really weird. freaky looking. <laughs> oh, sorry. You good? <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> so she's like all bitchy and in charge of it. She's basically like the. What's her face from Devil Wears Prada is like to the T her character. I'm sorry. What's her face? Do you mean Meryl Streep? Meryl Streep. I honestly couldn't <laughs> remember if it was Meryl Streep or Glenn Close. I couldn't remember which one it was. It was oh, the devil never. from the Devil Wears Prada. That's that's yes. good enough. <laughs> yes, that woman. So what's her face? Meryl Streep. Good lord. We're married. I married this man. Oi. Okay. Go on. On purpose, no less. So. <laughs> All right, so so she's in charge of this, like, news media conglomerate that's kind of like a sister publication to the Daily Planet situation, right? So she's, like, female uh, Perry White, and she's and, – and what's-her-face, Kara, who works there as, like, an intern. She's, like, fetching coffee and whatnot. And um, her sister goes on a plane for some reason. The plane uh, – Go, it starts going down, and she's like, oh, oh no, somebody's got to save the plane. I guess it's going to be me, because I have superpowers, and I've been like not really using them for all these years. So she runs out in the street, catches the airplane, and everyone's like, yay, you saved the plane. Except her sister's like, what the hell are you doing? You could expose yourself. People are going to scientifically experiment on you. Blah, 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 blah. And so she goes home. She's confused. And she decides, you know what? I'm going to be a superhero. I'm going to do it. Uh, just like my cousin, because my cousin's awesome, and I'm going to wear blue and tell my best friend that uh, I'm, I'm a superhero and I can fly, and we're going to do the superhero thing. She goes out, she tries to do the superhero thing, gets her ass beat by some dude who was on a ship that followed her out of the Phantom Zone, and like now there's other guys from the Phantom Zone, evil criminals from another world, hanging out on Earth. I don't know what they've been doing this whole time. Whatever. They kind of gloss over that, or Plotting I wasn't paying enough attention. Years. Plotting for 12 years, of course. So... They're um they're they're attacking her. It's not going well. She winds up getting saved by this like organization that you know stops super powered guys. And the person that saves her just happens to be her sister, who just happens to work for this crazy organization, and um was just trying to keep Kara away from being studied and whatnot. And there's a whole trust issues and blah blah blah. I I liked it. You know, <laughs> it was. <laughs> Wow! Didn't I'm see not that putting one like coming. the best face on in the world. Uh, it, it, it's it's a pilot episode. You know, you can't judge a pilot episode too harshly. And this is, you know, this was not as good as the Flash premiere, but a whole crap ton better than the Arrow premiere, which was relatively awful. 
Um, and this was like, you know, it, it, it had some 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 good things to it. I'm, I'm interested in where this show's going in the future. Supergirl's not a character I know the mythology of extraordinarily well. I know most of what I know from her from um, the Justice League cartoon and uh, the Superman the Animated Series cartoon. Um, that's the most mythology I know about. Uh, Supergirl and I know there's been many different incarnations of Supergirl I'm pretty sure this isn't the one that's actually like an amorphous pink blob because uh, that was weird um, but yeah it's it's it, it's a it's a cool show it's it's got a lot of promise I really like uh, how do you say her name Benoist Melissa Benoist maybe Benoist Benoit uh, yeah I think whatever it's her name is yeah well, I think it's her French. name is Supergirl now and uh I, she is remarkably charming, and they've got like, they've got like Jimmy Olsen in there, who's actually like kind of a you know relatively buff, suave, good-looking black dude, which is pretty different from the short, not suave, red-haired stepchild from uh, the uh, original comics. But he's a cool character because Superman basically sent him off and be like, you know what, you go off and do your thing. Try to try to be something without Superman behind you. Be the you. best Jimmy Olsen you can be. Exact James. <laughs> Which Olsen makes him black. Be. Which makes him black. <laughs> <laughs> Go get a tan. I'm sorry. As, so so I kind of dig him. Um I guess I kind of I don't know. Close to Flockhart's character is uh, is what it is. Is what it is. You know. Well, she had if if I if you know, in my opinion like the best speech in the the episode that whole I'm, I'm a girl speech. what's wrong with being a girl and it was it's i mean as a guy i took that as relatively empowering for women of all ages am i wrong in in saying that as our resident girl would you care to chime in <laughs> hey <laughs> um yeah no i liked uh, i liked her take on that i think there i think some of that and they're going to continue to be dealing with that is that since this is the first superhero show that's focused on female character they're having to fight back against all of the like all right well you're going to be the you know token female superhero character you have to be like the best and a really great example and really represent women really well and and but you're called Supergirl, and so we have to like find a way to deal with that and make it not offensive. And I think that was a really way good way to do it. Um, and I think they you know took it further with the outfit, which I mentioned to you guys <laughs> earlier. When you see our our cover image for this episode, you'll be able to see the animated series Supergirl outfit, which is is still pretty modest by comic book standards. Um, but side by side with the new show's Supergirl outfit, it's like night and day. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I liked what they did with her getting her, her costume together. And, you know, that what, what did she say? I wouldn't even wear this to the beach. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was pretty funny. She did. Yeah, run, she, a, I, it seems that when they were doing the, the costume montage, she mm-hmm. ran through every iteration of the costume that has ever been. In yeah, the comics, was which was which is a nice little touch. So. Yeah, uh, I do think they need to do something about her hair because, like, if you know, I ha- I have hair like hers, but not quite as long. But it it has been that long, and it just gets in the way. I can't imagine like it, you know, trying to fly around and fight bad guys with that hair flying in my face all the time. <laughs> oh, oh, first world superhero problems. 
It's practical. <laughs> it's the same deal as with the cake. Which that was cute too, where they like she went out and she got the cape and, and her friend was like, Oh yeah, that would help with aerodynamics. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> they did they did a, a a good job with grounding a virtually ungroundable character because she is not human. She's completely separated from and and I thought they made her, you know, relatively human with her her day job and and her struggles with finding her own identity even though she's adding on a completely new identity to herself i i you know i enjoyed it i thought they did a a really good job with it and the thing that i i like about this character that's so different from superman is that like superman came here as a baby and like grew up on earth it's it's what he knows kara was 13 like she remembers Krypton. She remembers her parents. She remembers her friends, her family. She remembers all of that, like, well, because it happened while she was conscious. So that's <laughs> that's kind of a, a it's it's an interesting take on a character. I mean, again, I know they've been doing this in the comics for years, but you know, it's it's new to me. I haven't seen it. It's new to me. Um, yeah, it's a. It, I will say that you know some of the writing was relatively clunky, but again, uh, it was a pilot episode. It, it's 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 hard to hold that against it. Um, it was just it it was fun. It what didn't blow me away, but it also didn't really piss me off or anything like that. So uh, the the visual effects looked nice. Um, and if you know the Flash and Arrow have proved anything, is that this production team knows how to make uh, DC Comics work in live action on TV. And uh, it was it was bright and colorful, which is you know, just what you want out of something like this. And, and the, I will say that I was very impressed that it took that page out of the Flash's book in that it did not pretend to be anything it wasn't right out of the gate. Like, we're now in season four, and the Arrow is calling himself Green Arrow, because that's the name of the character. Like... It's it is now entering comic booky territory, whereas the Flash just jumped right out of the gate. Like, nah, this is a comic book show. We're gonna do comic book stuff. And same with this, they jumped right into it and like, yep, aliens, uh, you know, weird powers. This this is this is comic books all the way. And uh, I like that. I appreciate that because that's part of trying to take these characters and make them super realistic and 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 full of pathos and whatnot like the Man of Steel movie, um, I don't necessarily believe that's the right approach all the time. Like, not everything needs to be dark and gritty. And this show is is very full of optimism. And um, uh, the, the woman who plays Supergirl does a great job of encapsulating that. It's, it's a darn good show. Uh, not amazing, but it's off to a pretty cool start. Uh, I hope it continues to do well. The end. <laughs> well, thank you very much, sir. I, 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 I appreciate... Your opinion. The end. Anytime. <laughs> yeah, as as our resident girl, um, I'm I'm pretty happy with this being the first representation of a female superhero on a as a lead on a on a TV show. I mean, we have to understand and realize that this could have gone horribly wrong. Oh my God! Yes. Had, I mean, did anyone see the uh, unaired pilot episode for Wonder Woman from a few years back? <laughs> yeah, this could have gone really bad. <laughs> Because so, that was painful. Yes, it was. It was. Yeah, I remember when that was actually happening. They were comparing her costume to the 
po- there was a, a pornography Wonder Woman movie came out at relatively <laughs> the same time, and they had a better costume. <laughs> they did. I thought that was hysterical. Oh dear. Um. Actually, you know what? We're gonna go, Karen. We're gonna talk about yours, so we split up the the super girliness of it. So, what do you what do you got for us this week? <laughs> My show is not super girly. I was gonna go back to Nashville this week because um, the end of last week's episode, yeah, last week's episode. By the time this will go up, uh, was just outstandingly soapy. There was a, a character death that <laughs> was frankly hysterical, um, and it it is exactly why I watched the show, but there wasn't enough really in the episode. So um, I am uh, talking Supernatural this week, baby. Nice, tie <laughs> That is the title of the episode. I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see what I did? I'm pretty clever sometimes. Okay. So I know, uh, Chris, you've seen uh, like bits and pieces of it when I have this on sometimes. Evan, do you ever watch any Supernatural? Uh, yeah, I've seen all 10 seasons. All I, right. I, I usually, Ten seasons in a movie. Yeah. I usually, like normal, wait till they're all done and then binge watch the shit out of it. But seeing as you wanted me to watch episode four, I just jumped right into episode four. <laughs> and it was perfect because this is really the first first one in a little while that has been a pretty good standalone episode. So if you're just if you just want to jump in and watch one, then you can do that with this. Um so anybody who's listening who doesn't know, Supernatural is a show about two brothers who fight demons, basically. End of story. Um, and it's got a lot of... Uh, well, come on now. <laughs> they save the world like every other season. Every Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, I think they've died twice, each of them. It's a little bit more involved. <laughs> supposedly, no more. Yawn. Seen it. <laughs> and Simpsons did it. Anyway, um, I, I did not come to this show from the beginning, and uh, nobody knows why. Because <laughs> between the subject material, the fact that there is a lot of uh, X-Files DNA in this show, and uh, like, I don't know, I must have had my eyeballs removed anytime I ever saw the leads, because damn! Two of the most attractive men on television? Damn. <laughs> and you know what? Misha Collins, he's not that bad looking he's either. He's not bad either. He's not bad. Um, so they, they, they have been focused... Uh, I guess you saw last season the finale. the The darkness came at the end. Shelly Murphy. All right, there we go. Title of the episode: The Darkness Came. Charlie Murphy. Caught me off guard with that one. <laughs> so the, the darkness is the big bad of this season, and they've been uh, trying to track it down since it's the since the season premiere. Uh, this one, like I said, it's the first Monster of the Week episode in a while, and what makes it special is that the entire thing was shown from the perspective of Dean's 67 Chevy Impala, who is named Baby. So the whole thing... I just like, got a chill. I'm sorry. I know. <laughs> that car. What, if, I'm not, if I'm watching and I'm not looking up and I hear Baby... Come in from the TV speakers, I get like a little, like, mm, like a <laughs> shiver. I love that car. So when I saw the name of the episode, I was like, oh, God, if they do anything to that car, I swear to God. I think I even said that on Twitter. And uh, then the episode started, and it starts with an opening tableau of Dean handcuffed in the backseat of the uh, car, unconscious, windows smashed the car's all bashed up there's blood all over the place you don't really know what's going on and i'm like 
uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, the, the, I, you know, I hate when they do this, the 48 hours earlier uh-huh. trick, but they did it. Um, so the whole thing, I, I it, w- it could have been really gimmicky. It could have been bad, but these guys have been at this for ten, over 10 seasons. They know what they're doing. So, like, literally every scene was shot inside the car. There were no scenes where it was, like, outside the car and they're leaning against the car. They're next to the car. They run into the car. No, every scene is inside the car. And they did some really clever things. The, the, the camera work was phenomenal. F- amazing. Even, like, like, there's a lot of fight scenes in this mm-hmm. show in general. And right. there was a, a knockout brawl in the back seat of the car. Right. <laughs> so the guys go, they have not been uh, finding any information on the darkness lately, and they're getting going crazy, getting pent up in their, uh, their hideout. So they decide to go track down a, a pretty thin lead on some other monster. And... Uh, so it starts out with them wa- they're washing the car. So you get to see like like what I don't I don't know if they even still have the car washes that you can ride through and you get to see like the soap go on the windows, but it, that's what it looked like, you know, they got the soap did, and the sponges you, and Did you hear the comment that he made? He's like I, I went about how he washed every car in the place uh, twice. Actually, um the uh Sam good they're talking real quick and Sam just looks at him and he goes, "What's with the shorts?" Oh, yes, with the shorts. I, I did wish I got to see the shorts because uh, that, that's, that's got to be something special. <laughs> I don't know why I pictured Daisy Dukes in my head. but Everyone pictured it, Daisy it Dukes in their head because that's what you wear when you're washing a car, whether it's appropriate or not. Very true, very true. Um, and then they, so they then they cut to being on the road when, of course, it rains right after he washed the car, which was a cute joke. And then you know you get to good road trip scenes. Uh, the <laughs> the side eye that Dean gives for Sam pulling a smoothie out of the cooler. He's like, "There beer that? cooler, come on now!" Exactly. What's well, a smoothie? Where's the beer under the smoothie? Where's the other beer? <laughs> Uh, uh, so they stop at a roadhouse on the way and you see Dean go into the roadhouse to have some fun and you expect and and Sam's going to go off and get something to eat and do some research Um, and this is pretty much that's what they do when they go on the road Dean gets drunk and gets into trouble and Sam is a good guy so you expect when Dean comes out that he's going to you know you're going to see some effects of that <laughs> he just sinks into the car and it's like, mistakes were made <laughs> and then a naked girl pops up from the back seat and it turns out sam was the one who got laid <laughs> from the waitress nice <laughs> yes yes um and a uh, little uh thing to note she leaves behind a piece of jewelry i think it's a pin or a necklace or something uh, that and that comes back later. Then you get some really nice uh, brother moments. Where Dean throws on uh, Bob Seger's night moves on the radio and <laughs> busting Sam's balls. <laughs> I really, I really appreciated that Sam was like, I needed that. Like you never see that out of Sam. Like no. he is like very straight laced. He is always he's the good boy. Really pent up, but you know everybody needs it once in a while, and you know. <laughs> Let off some steam. Dean is honest about it, but, you know, 
it was good to see Sam be honest about it and just see them like relax and enjoy, and you know enjoy kidding each other like brothers do. It was just it was really sweet. There were some very nice moments between the two of them in that that's that it darkened car scene. You know. Exactly. Yeah. Um once they did this whole bit with the night moves and everything, I'm like I'm like really enjoying it. I'm like something really bad is going to happen cuz they're way too happy right now. <laughs> so they do end up like having a a heart to heart later on in the car. And I like the way that was shot. Dean was in the front seat and Sam is in the back seat and they're the the front seat of the Impala is a what do they call it? A, it's uh, a bench. Uh, it's a bench seat, yeah. Yeah. So like they each have like one long like like a bed and they're kind of facing each other so they're sitting opposite ways of each other so they can have a really nice conversation and uh and i like that it ended with the jerk and the bitch <laughs> so they they call each other lovingly i have we haven't seen that in a long time well, they so that was something nice. horrible to fight yeah it was like um, a quiet reserved moment and we hardly ever get that in the show yeah yeah I mean, there, there's been so much, uh, like, tension between them. Well, all last season, Dean was dealing with that, the, the mark, mark of Cain, which made him a giant asshole. <laughs> yes. So, now that that's gone, he's, you know, back to that scallywag of a guy. And yeah. it was nice and to see And a good that. brother. Yeah. Um, so then they get into the case. They get to where they're going, and they get into the case. Um and they Go they ahead. get some what information. They <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, Dean wants to call it a werepire, which isn't what it ends up being called. But I like that it's a it's a cross between a, a werewolf and a vampire, and it's better than vamp vamp wolf. Yeah, absolutely open. agree with that. I like I like werepire. <laughs> Uh, so they get some information, and then they go get something to eat, and this is where you get to see somebody else take over Baby, because they end up parking it. Yeah, that was weird. The... Yeah! <laughs> like... to, and then, like, it, so the valet girl takes the takes Baby on a joyride um, and picks up her friend, and then they're, like, just oh. doing donuts and, and playing some, like, that, that I think, was the, the music, I think, would have been what Dean objected to most. The most, yeah. Whether it goes through <laughs> Dusty or no, none of that shit, it was the yeah. music that was playing. He's absolutely. like, yeah, you want to, like, take her out and open her up and see what she can do? That's fine, but don't play that bullshit in my car. <laughs> I, I just realized why they did that because of the whole purse thing in the back seat. Yes, because the friend leaves her purse, and that's the second thing that gets left in the back seat. Um. And that's fine. I want to say, <laughs> I want to say like it was annoying not to have them there, but I guess it was good to give them a break and, you know. Well, it, it's nothing. I mean, because due to the fact the whole episode is filmed from the inside of the car, no matter where mm-hmm. the, the, it just like it would have been twenty minutes of the car parked. So yeah, <laughs> at least something happened. <laughs> exactly. Um. So then Dean goes back to the scene of the crime and he gets separated with Sam, from Sam again and he goes back to the scene of the crime to investigate and ends up meeting up with the deputy of the town who turns out to be the werepire. So while he's while this is all going down, uh, Dean's on the phone with Castiel back in the uh, bunker and he has him on speakerphone, which he puts down on the dashboard when he like when the deputy shows up. <laughs> and Castiel is like not aware that Dean like said hold on and he keeps talking and you just see from inside the car you hear Castiel talking and you see the two of them like 
you see the deputy attack and Dean fight him off. And they just have like this whole fight scene all around the car, but you only see it from inside the car with Cass still talking about Netflix or whatever the hell he was talking about. When he shoots the deputy four times, he's like, I, I heard gunshots. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. Are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess I did shoot the deputy. Uh, so we think we've taken the guy down, but uh, then the head still seems to be moving, and they figure out that it's not a werepire, it's this other thing, and they don't know how to kill it, but they're going to figure it out. So Dean takes the head and puts it in the beer cooler, because apparently it's not okay to put smoothies in there, but it's okay it's to put like, severed heads ah, in there. Ah, ah, ah. Yeah. <laughs> And he takes a picture of it to send to Cass. The <laughs> smile, bitch. <laughs> uh oh. Uh, there you are. There I, you are. I was waiting you out. <laughs> okay, good. Um. So yeah. Uh. So meanwhile, Sam has gone to talk to the widow of the uh guy, the the sheriff that got killed by this creature, and they get her in the car. She's unconscious. She was attacked and then she was unconscious. And so they take her away and they stop at a gas station. Sam's inside flirting. The friggin' cashier girl. And she wakes up and Dean's like, he's looking for pennies because they need a penny. They need a special penny to kill the demon. Whatever. (laughs) This is like the most ridiculous demon story ever. They needed copper, okay? And the quickest way for them to get copper was to find pennies. But the pennies have to be before 1982 because that's the last time they were actually made out of copper. They tied the whole thing together so that he could go in and flirt with the girl in the gas station. (laughs) It made sense, but it doesn't matter what it was. (laughs) It was just some ridiculous thing. We need a special penny. The MacGuffin. So she, the, the widow wakes up and they, you know, she's talking really strange. And it turns out, well, she's a werepire too, or whatever the hell these things are. And then she and Dean get into this is the fight scene you were talking about in the backseat. Yes. Yes. It sounds so visceral too. Like they were like meaty punches, like wet the entire time. Yeah, it was this, really good. The sound design on this show is is special. And the whoever this actress was, there's just like this middle aged, make nice Midwestern looking lady, and all of a sudden she's really like kicking guy. ass. Um Oh, it was a Washington or something, right? Oregon? It wasn't Midwestern. I don't know. <laughs> but I meant that as more of like a descriptor than a actual locator. <laughs> um, so she ends up to she knocks Dean out and steals the car with Sam chasing after it. I like that shot out of the the rear view, the the rear window with Sam running after it trying to shoot. I'd shoot out the back window. Yeah. Sons of bitches. Well, car got trying beaten to, up. Trying to shoot the uh, carjacker. Right. Uh, so she goes and gets the deputy who is not dead. Apparently you can reattach these things' heads. Uh, <laughs> I could make it better. I could make it better. Freaky woman. At which point, uh, Dean wakes up in the car and finds, oh, the, well, while she's trying to get away and steal the car, machete slides under the back seat. So now we have three things that are lost in the back seat. <laughs> which point, Dean wakes up after they get the deputy and proceeds to pick his handcuffs with the lost piece of jewelry mm-hmm. and attack the driver and crash the car. 
and everybody gets knocked out, and that's where we started the episode with the crashed, destroyed car and Dean unconscious and handcuffed. Ta-da. (laughs) Ta-da. We made it all the way back. So then Dean uses the other things in the back seat. The girl's purse has the right kind of pennies in it, and he gets used the, the machete to be able to kill the monster. Everybody turns back to normal. Everything is fine. The fact that they did all of this, just like everything that happened, there was a lot of different <coughs> things that just happened, and all of it was seen from inside of a car. <laughs> it's just incredible. It, it, well, the car is part of like the cast, so oh, it's definitely a character. The the it was it was like it was really neat to see. Like there were some pretty you know interesting camera angles you know not to just the standard you know gopro in the top right corner like they actually mm-hmm. felt like they actually fit a full camera crew in the back seat to do some of the, the the camera work in there yeah i'd really like to see behind the scenes on this one like it's just so so interesting all the different angles they found and ways they found to like move the characters around to different ways and show things from different angles my, my favorite scenes or when they're outside of the car fighting and there's the prat falls and the shit like that like mm-hmm. you see like you know head down legs up in the air because he's fallen so hard it's it, yeah it's very entertaining it was it was a really special episode and it's, it just goes to show you after what is after 10 seasons they still can do something so fresh and interesting and uh it's something you haven't seen before yeah they did a good job yes well, thank you. Bravo, Supernatural crew. Is that Supernatural? That's what I said. Did I not say that? Oh, no, you did. Uh, someone just tried to Skype in. So, um, All right. Uh, it's my turn. And we're going to stick with the super theme. Now, super! When, when, when Chris made comment that I should find a show with the word super in the title, I actually went and did an internet search to find what other shows have the word super in the title. I found out there was a total of like six um, one of them being Supernatural, uh, one of them being Supergirl, and one of them being Super Dave Osborne. I, <laughs> I was really, really tempted. Uh, but we'll save that for a later episode. Was, that was was that the animated show? I don't know. I oh s- my god! I think that was that was a cartoon on Fox. I didn't even think about that until just now. <laughs> so, I, I'm gonna I'm putting that on the back burner. That will be something I revisit. Because I have never seen that, and I really, really want to now. Um, I went with Superman the Animated Series. Uh, season 2, episodes 27 and 28, due to the fact that it is a two-part story arc. And it involves the first appearance of Supergirl on the Animated Series. Uh, it is called Little Girl Lost. And the episode starts off with Superman out in space... Um, in a spaceship and in a space suit, which I hate, but that's fine. Um, he's following the trajectory of his original spacecraft to find Krypton. Well, I mean, the, the space suit at this point, he didn't know that he could exist in space yet. Right, right. Well, yeah, he this was still is, working see, with Star Labs and whatnot, which is one of the things I like so much about that show was that it was like he got that relationship with uh, Emil Hamilton mm-hmm. and Star Labs, and they just like – Let's figure out what you can do. <laughs> well, so. what they did, like they they depowered Superman to make the cartoon work, B- 
because it's it you know when it's an all powerful undefeatable character it's very tough to make an entertaining half hour television show every week so they, it, it it's done very very well i mean i'm not knocking that at all but i just don't like seeing superman in a spacesuit i'm sorry Spaceship, fine. I just, you know, he doesn't want to fly. Maybe it's tiring. I don't know. Oh, and let's not forget the... It, well, I mean, it was all about selling toys, too. Absolutely, the, yeah. The radiation suit, too. Remember that one? Yeah, well, I'm, I, the, the, the this, I'm assuming, is a radiation suit because when he got... He found Krypton where it was, and it's, of course, mm-hmm. exploded, and all the parts are radiated, so he can't really be Yeah, there. true. Um, he realizes that the planet is gone. He does some sort of, you know computer searchy find people there's no there's no life forms but there is a distress signal coming from somewhere and he follows it and he comes across this ice planet um there's no radiation so he feels it's safe to land he lands on this ice planet and he there's a building he opens up he goes in of course there's a recording from a woman named kala kala inzing i've never heard of the character whatever she was the chief medical doctor of Argo, which is the name of the planet before it was destroyed. Uh, it turns out that Argo was the sister planet to Krypton, and when Krypton exploded, uh, it threw this planet out of its orbit. So everything was destroyed on the planet, and then it slowly froze over. Um, Kala and her family were the last, the, the last survivors. And she sent out this message, and she froze herself and her family in, you know, stasis pods, hoping that someone would find them. Uh, Superman gets there, and unfortunately, three out of the four members of the family are die are dead. And you know, the 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 animation in this in this cartoon is is very simplified, um, but it's still beautifully elegant. They didn't do skeletons very well. Some of the faces were kind of grotesque, but it's fine. I got the idea. Conveniently enough, the last pod still intact. Girl is alive inside, and it's it's Kara, where he takes her back to Earth. And in this storyline, he has his parents raise her, or not so much raise, because she is already of the age where she's starting to you know how she has her powers and she's and she's starting to get a little antsy where she wants to start doing things and helping superman out but there is no danvers family it's you know in in the cartoon world it's just the kents um so superman is and clark and the family are very protective of her they don't want her you know going out and she wants to fight crime and do everything that superman does and they're like no chill get your grounding figure out what you can do you know you, just learn for now and she's not having it. Uh, she ends up going to Metropolis to visit Uncle Cal at work because she heard the inner gang is back in action and they're, they're you know robbing and stealing. And the inner gang in the animated series is just a group of criminals that are technology based. They always have ray guns and flying discs and stuff like that. Uh, they were stopped in the previous season, but apparently. Someone has started up the inner gang again, and the inner gang comes in, uh, busts up a science convention where Lois and Jimmy happen to be. Superman comes in, saves the day, sort of. Uh, the kids, the two 
characters from the inner gang that are robbing the place, they get away, and we follow them back to their hideout, and it turns out Granny Goodness is the one getting everybody together. Uh, for those that don't know, Granny Goodness is sort of like the second-in-command-ish for Apocalypse. Um, uh, no, for um, from Apocalypse for Darkseid. And one of the creepiest character designs ever. Yes, the character design itself is is creepy, like seriously creepy. Um, but the the worst part about it is when they they animated this female character. It's a man's voice. It's Ed Asner's voice. Okay, <laughs> so you could just and she says really creepy things like. Oh, you're being bad girls. I'm going to have to spank you. You know, stuff like that. It's just off-putting. It's, it's like a giant, like... It's a man. Grandmother. It's a... It's a but, like, <laughs> with a giant grandmotherly, like, kind of overweight, but kind of buff, but also saggy and old <laughs> yes. in a skin-tight outfit. It's so <laughs> wrong. It, like I said, off-putting. Um, she's the one getting all the inner gang kids together, and the reason she's doing that is because she's having them steal electronics because she's building something on Earth. Um, she, on Apocalypse, is in charge of the female Furies, I think they're called. Uh, it's a group of female warriors on the evil side, uh, that do all of her bidding. Superman? Actually, no. Supergirl now goes to stop this group and she's failing uh she's new at her job so there's a shit ton of fucking inner gang guys they overwhelm her but granny then flicks a button on her little remote and opens up a boom tube boom tube is the preferred form of transportation between apocalypse and earth and her female furies come in there's i don't know cheetah mad harriet and stomper uh stomper was a very creative character she stomped things no shit. Yeah, I know. Real stretching out on a limb there. Uh, I believe the character is actually named Stompa. Oh, excuse me. She's cool like that. Stompa. Damn right. Still the most ridiculous thing I've seen all day. Um, Superman and, and uh, Superman comes to assist. He gets captured, taken to Apocalypse for Darkseid. Dun, dun, dun. Right? But conveniently enough, the bad guys accidentally left the remote that opens up the boom tube and and Supergirl finds it. So, of course, she, you know, opens up like a garage door and says, I'm going to save my cousin. She opens it up. She goes. Now, apparently, the whole bad guy plot is... There's this comet that is passing by Earth. It is approximately 2.6 million miles away from Earth, so it's just going to be a pretty show. She, she being Granny Goodness, built a giant magnet that will pull said comet to Earth. Now the reason I love comic books, the old giant magnet trick. (laughs) But see, it, it they take it a step further, and they're doing it this way with magnets and pulleys. Because Darkseid wants the Earth destroyed. Because he can't have it. Because he made a deal with the New Gods. Okay? There's a treaty between him and the New Gods, which is another group of superheroes. 
um, that he cannot interfere with Earth. But due to the fact he's not doing it and Granny built the magnet and the actual Earth is being destroyed by a comet, he's in the free and clear. Gets what he wants. No muss, no fuss. Oy. God bless comic books. I mean, really. Um, Superman is captured. Supergirl comes in. They do a bunch of fighting. She pulls her own weight. She saves him. Uh, they do not defeat Apocalypse. Or, excuse me, I keep calling him Apocalypse like it's the guy. They do not defeat Darkseid. They literally run away. Because the comet is screaming towards Earth. So they get back to Earth through the boom tube. They lose the boom tube remote, of course, on the way out. Um... Make it back Can to you please say boom tube, boom tube. like 700 more times? I like this certain <laughs> boom tube. Um, they get back to the warehouse where they find this giant magnet and Supergirl destroys it. U-shaped? No, it's not. It's like it, lightning it, looked, bolts coming out it, of it sort of looked like a rocket with a big laser coming out of it because magnetism is laser-based. I don't know if you know that. Um, she just destroys it and <laughs> Superman's like, what the fuck, dude? I could have used that to maybe... Push the, the comet away. Now I have to go do this the hard way. So he goes up, flies, starts pushing this big rock out of the sky. As he's pushing it, a uh, piece of it breaks off. It starts plummeting to Earth. He, sa- he saves the Earth from the largest piece of the comet. But Supergirl, sacrifi- what looks to be, sacrifices herself to stop the smaller piece. She just, as opposed to like catching it and throwing it like a super person could, she literally just dive bombs through it makes explosion she passes out but she's fine and he's like do you see what i mean you can't be doing this you got to be prepared thank you you did a good job just get better the end <laughs> now it is a comic book cartoon okay so it's comic books it's cartoon this show has one of the best scores out of all television it is orchestral music throughout the entire it has one of the most uplifting theme songs. It's just shy of '90s X-Men. It's it's damn good, and it's I mean a lot of the same people that worked on Batman, Batman the animated, the animated series. series too, right. so. These shows is where I started my tradition of <laughs> making up words to go with these beautiful songs that are basically just the name of the show. Right. <laughs> oh, so. I mean, you should hear my Justice League song sometime. So, it's pretty incredible. We, well, I'm sure at some point in time we will talk about the Justice League, and you could give us a rendition. If you haven't seen the Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, the Justice League Animated Series, all of them are phenomenal. They are high, very much worth watching. Um, the, the, the Justice League cartoon ran for a good long time, and at one point in time it was Justice League Unlimited, I think it was called. and. Yep. Just shy of every comic book character from DC showed up in that that cartoon. So it's phenomenal writing. It's just really, really good stuff. So very much suggest checking it out. And I think people who are not aware of that can sometimes write it off as like, oh, it's a cartoon. It's a kid's thing. It's like, whatever. I'm sure it's a good show, but it's just for kids. It's not. It's you know some of the best drama you'll see anywhere yeah it's absolutely. also it's really smart and um the voice acting is is really high quality um uh, tim daly did the superman i think on the animated series yes he did and I th- he didn't do it in justice league but he did it in animated series and there was just there was one particular episode that um uh 
it was um there was a character a, a cop character uh the detective turpin or something like that and uh he was you know fight facing off against dark side and everything and superman eventually convinced dark side to to leave earth but then um you know as dark side's leaving he's just like you didn't think you'd get away scot free did you and he turns around and he just kills detective turpin and Superman just loses his just loses his shit. He just starts starts beating the ground and everything. And I was like, it's just it's it's like painful to watch. Like he knows he can't like really hurt Superman anymore, so he hurts him in a way that he can. And like, damn, Tim Daly just just nailed it. Like it was it was nasty. And then it was it was also really nice at the end that he dedicated it to Jack Kirby. But right. um, yeah, these they, these shows did a really great job of of kind of being for kids, but also having enough to, to keep anybody interested as long as you keep watching them. And they tied together so well. Like they had callbacks to Superman, the animated series in justice league unlimited. And even to an extent tied it to Batman, the animated series. Cause there was a certain point where the continuity and that went through a, a, an unexpected change where they're like, well, we don't need to tie into a, a movie franchise that doesn't exist anymore. So we're just going to modernize it instead of drawing it, in that weird pseudo forties uh, motif. Right, right. But good, good stuff. Fan- good, good stuff. Fantastically done. All right. We're going to take a quick break. So please uh, pay attention to our sponsors. They do good work. The Zygon invasion has begun. Karen Radazzo's weekly Dr. Who recap series tackles the latest in a long string of two parters filled with shapeshifters, guitar solos, terrorist factions, questionable fashion choices, and more. Don't miss time and relative dimensions and spoilers. Number seven, the Zygon invasion. It's been a few weeks, but the Papercuts crew has reunited with a new logo, renewed vigor, and giant stacks of comics. Well, they're digital, so I guess they're not literal giant stacks. Let's just pretend that they are. How are those new Marvel number ones treating everyone? How do you pronounce Narnia? It's Narnia. There's only one way to find out. Join Matt, Dean, Evan, and Dan for Papercuts issue 56, Schlong Hammock. Comic Book Fans United's Tony Panero is an expert flasher. No, wait, that's not right. He's an expert on all things Flash, the comic book character. And since there's a Flash TV show, he's put together a weekly video series highlighting the hidden secrets, Easter eggs, and other synonyms found within. Be sure to check out Flash Facts, new every week on the Geek Aid YouTube channel. As a special Halloween treat, Chris recorded a special episode of the Waveback Music Podcast, featuring some of his favorite spooky video game music. But it doesn't have to be Halloween for you to enjoy all of these tunes. No, they're good all year round. Grab your headphones, soundbars, or what have you, and listen to the Waveback Podcast episode number 13, Halloween Spooky Special, Volume 1. You can catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more, right now at geekade.com. And we're back. Welcome. Thank you for listening to the... You didn't listen to the commercials. All right. Ungrateful bastards. Do you know how much editing I do? Music beds and all of that stuff? (sighs) Feature topic for this week. 30 years ago, a phenomenal movie came out. And we had to wait 30 years for a phenomenal television show to come out based off of said movie. Ash versus the Evil Dead. This, this, this show needed to happen, and I'm so very glad that it did. It opens up, I'm going to just say perfectly, 
we we flash forward. I mean, we we get to see Ash again, and, and he's exactly where he's expected to be. He's living in a trailer in the middle of the woods, drinking a juice box, drinking a high seat a girdle. <laughs> <laughs> An old school leather strap based girdle. So we're 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 being reintroduced to this this character uh, in in modern days. We, the show opens up with him getting ready for what appears to be a date, strapping up the girdle, catchphrases galore, heads on out, grabs his wooden hand because he is missing a hand, heads out to the local watering hole, starts flirting with a girl. At the bar, uh, explains to the girl that the hand that he's has is some sort of special oak. It was made by Italian artists. Um, the reason he has the hand is because it, it got hit by a train while he was saving an eight-year-old boy. Um, yes, he he did save the boy, but in some ways, the boy saved him. Classic Ash. God Almighty, this movie, this show is so perfect. But what if he didn't? Right. <laughs> uh, Ash and Sorry, a little grinder in there. Go on. A- Ash and the lady end up in in the. I'm going to assume the men's room, maybe the women's room. Uh, fucking <laughs> in the least con- <laughs> the least convincing sex scene ever caught on TV. It was bad. It was, but so it was hilariously bad, like so intentionally bad. <laughs> he was slapping her ass with the wooden hand. It was great. Do you like my wood? I mean, that's good. That's good stuff right there. <laughs> In the throes of passion, the woman exclaims that she is coming, something to the effect of to eat his soul or something like that. She's got the demonite face. He he's not sure if if he had you know a vision or if shit's getting real again. But he feels that he can't finish, that he's got to go. She says, are you sure? He's like, all right, we'll finish, but I have to be quick. And then proceeds to slap her ass a little bit more with a wooden hand. Is there anything we want to... concerned look on his face. Yeah. Is there anything we want to talk about in that opening sequence? Because I'm just going to blur right through to the reason shit's going bad. Keep on going. All right. We get back to Ash's trailer. He pulls out the Necronomicon. Necronomicon is the book of the dead. It is written in human blood, bound in human flesh. You cannot read from it, because if you do, you let something into the world that's not good. Apparently, Ash had a, a date, and she had some, some a tattoo with some poetry written on it. And she asked, oh, I love poetry. Do you have any? And I guess due to the fact that they were really high on what appeared to be pot... He was just making some bad choices and pulled out the Necronomicon and together they read what seemed to be four sentences and that's it. That's all it took. And and (laughs) didn't he like once he realized what happened, he was just like, oh, fuck, which is exactly where uh, even before they got to any of the rest of the thing that would have made this a good idea. I was so glad at this point, like, oh, this is on premium cable. They can say fuck, and that's going to come in real handy on this show. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's going to drop the F-bomb, the F- all of them, all the time. It seems to be the next morning. He's got to go to work to go get his last paycheck, and on his way out um, in the trailer park in which he lives, he goes over to his neighbor's house, and uh, it's a, it's an elderly woman, and he convinces her to watch the trailer, clean the trailer, empty out the shitter, 
Yeah. Your hands are like the really heavy-duty rubber gloves. <laughs> the ones that go up to your elbow-type gloves. Uh, he goes to work. Now, the only upsetting thing for me in this whole show was it that it wasn't S-Mart. Yeah. Shop Smart. What is that, trademark? I don't know. I, I, I thought about looking it up, but the fact is uh, it's just another generalized. It seems like a cross between like a a Walmart or Costco type of places. Lots of pallets and stacks of product. And he approaches his boss, I guess, to ask for his paycheck because he's got to leave early to take care of his sick friend, Eugene. And the boss calls him out on it, says, no, you can't have your paycheck. You got to stay till the end of the day. Here, take this box of bulbs into the back and don't break them. <laughs> so the comic... was a good gag. The comical... In a comical fashion, goes to lift said box up over his shoulder and dumps out, I don't know, 400 screw-in light bulbs. They all break. And of course, it's not like a box of, like, you know packages of light bulbs no. it is a giant box of loose light bulbs with the top open yes uh, yes <laughs> and then he goes to clean it up and we are then introduced ah i can't remember the kid's name i want it's like julio pablo, pablo. i think we'll call him pablo we're introduced to pablo who apparently will be the sidekick for the show this kid apparently looks up to ash the uh, the story progresses with Ash telling the kid that he's got to leave town. You know, he's like, "Oh no, you can't." He's like, "Well, there's some bad shit happening, and well, maybe you should stay, and maybe you, you're the only one who could fix it." And he's like, "No." So he then picks up the box and heads into the back. But before that actually happens, we're introduced to the badass chick that's gonna sort of. I don't even remember her name. Like she was so inconsequential to me. Um, Kelly is her name. There we go. Kelly, um, when Ash goes over to work his magic and flirt with her, she isn't phased. She isn't phased so much that she practically breaks off his arm. But he does tell her that at some point in time she's going to consider sleeping with him. So, yeah, we'll just look forward to that moment. Ash has to get those bulbs into the back. It's a creepy back room. Oddly enough, lined with baby doll boxes. <laughs> oh, this was this was fantastic. This was such an Evil Dead moment. I was so happy about it. <laughs> well, as he the, the lights, you know, go out, he yells, "Hey, I'm back here." He goes to leave. As he's leaving the back room, we see a box move or one of the dolls move. That doll kicks the ever living shit out of Ash, tears out one of his teeth. It was scary. I got scared. That is one good thing about this show. I, there was like 17 yeah. good jump scares throughout the whole show. <coughs> Not a big fan of jump scares, but it it was good it was good and scary. But not too scary. Right. It takes a lot for me to to get scared through like plot devices, like like regular story, like it but a jump scare gets that my heart pumping. I was like, "Oh, okay, you got me." Um, and there's enough comedies to balance out the horror right. so that I'm, as a non-horror fan, I'm not too scared. 
<laughs> I don't. Re- but that f- <laughs> that fight with the doll was ha- had uh, like all the hallmarks of an Evil Dead fight because you know, you know the doll kicks him and he ah, and the doll kicks him again, and then he gets the doll and he stops it, and he's like aha, and then it finds another attack, and that's just such an Evil Dead. Pulls thing. Out, it, very Looney Tunes. Pulls a box cutter on him. <laughs> yes. I will say, and this actually kind of gets a little bit to 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 one of my odd criticisms about the show is that that fight right there was wasn't so much an evil dead fight as an army of darkness fight and the tone of this show is very army of darkness as opposed to very evil dead 2 it's kind of like a little bit of a cross between the two of them because army of darkness had that weird time travel aspect mm-hmm. to it but the humor crossed with the um the you know the scares and the horror is is seems to be taking a lot of cues from army of darkness it um uh, what is it? it? When he's explaining the Necronomicon, it is almost word for word how the Necronomicon was exp- the, the the plot of Evil Dead Two, not just the Necronomicon. That's the same exact speech he used to explain uh, in the beginning of Army of Darkness, like almost word for word. Well, it's the sensibility but, of Army of Darkness with the plot of Evil Dead. But Army of Darkness, and this is this is what I this is where I'm kind of confused because Army of Darkness took place right after Evil Dead 2. But the plot of this almost seems to be pretending that Army of Darkness didn't exist. Like, S-Mart, that was a, you know, it was that whole, you know, shop smart, shop S-Mart. That was all Army of Darkness, like, when he came back from from the, the time travel thing and everything. But this seems to be like, it just went right from Evil Dead 2 to this, like Army of Darkness didn't happen. So, I'm a little confused on where exactly, like, did Army of Darkness happen or didn't it? I as as far as the show is going, they made absolutely no reference to it whatsoever. The only tie into that movie, outside of its sensibility, is the fact that he is a stock boy, and the car shows up. Yeah, that's it. So maybe I I, I don't know if they specifically stated if it is part of. It might be a different studio. Who knows? Like, came out years later. So, I don't know. I mean, Army of Darkness was what? ninety. Army of Darkness was 92, as opposed to Evil Dead 2 being, what did I just say? 87, I think you 87. said? 87. 87. Yeah, so I mean, it was what, like four years four years apart. That's not, you know, super crazy for... Um, for a, a movie sequel, I don't know. I'm I'm confused by that aspect of it because Army of Darkness is like one of, is that's that's all time for me. That's one of my all time favorites. I it's my fake. I a lot of people love Evil Dead too, and I love Evil Dead too. Don't get me wrong, but I feel like Army of Dark. It, it, that's that's the perfection. That's the ash. That's the ash that we're getting. You know, in Evil Dead Two, it was still half a serious movie, right? But Ash being like the the smarmy guy, the the boomstick. That's Army of Darkness. That's this character, and I mean, even the outfit that he that that he miraculously takes off the <laughs> shirt and has the other the the blue shirt and whatnot. That's that's all Army of Darkness. But I mean, we're missing the mechanical hand, uh, which he did take take with him when he went back through the portal because he had it in that last S Mart fight in Army of Darkness. And I don't know. He just kind of is is glossing over the whole uh, time travel thing. Which I guess isn't all that important in the grand scheme of things when he's trying to explain what's going on with the Necronomicon. I, I don't know. I'm I, I'm that's a, that's the only piece of it that's slightly off-putting because it's clearly 
referencing that that movie existed. Like, downright down to using the script of explaining uh, Evil Dead 2. Like, this movie clearly existed, and they are acknowledging that it existed, but it's at the same time almost intentionally creating the plot hole of, like, maybe Army of Darkness didn't happen or it was all in his head or something. And maybe they'll explain it at some point. But Yeah, uh, it. I mean, it is just a pilot, and they did have a lot to get in. They have a whole other set of characters we haven't even talked about yet that yeah. got introduced. So, you know, maybe a little ways down the line they'll get into that, you know, yeah, the, the, what happened there. We'll see what I happens. I certainly hope so, because... God, I love Army of Darkness. <laughs> yeah, so well, we gotta watch what, that. What I, what I what I did like was the fact that as he's telling Pablo the the story, the backstory, that the movie was playing on the boxes in the background. Mm-hmm. It, like, yeah, that was a that was a nice way of like very briefly so summing. Oh my God, so young. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't want to say poor Bruce Campbell because I'm sure he's doing fine and he's happy and whatever, but poor Bruce Campbell. <laughs> Well, he's he looks better on this show than he did on um, Burn Notice. Uh, That's I, I caught true. a couple episodes oh. of him in Burn Notice, and he had he had puffed up a bit. Well, he he was also well. His character in Burn Notice was not. He, he was like the the old retired like. Yeah. So it, it made sense for his character. Yeah. But where was um, Ash leaves? Gets into the car, mind you, I. You know, Easter egg for everybody that paid attention to all the Evil Dead and Army of Darknesses. That I don't know if it's exactly. I really hope it is exactly Sam Raimi's car. Um, but that vehicle has showed up in every Sam Raimi movie. Showed up at Spider Man, even the Spider, even the Spider Man, uh, both Evil Deads and Army of Darkness. Um, back he takes off and goes goes back home. Pablo. Attempts to take Kelly home by on his motorcycle. Uh, for some reason, Kelly can't start the motorcycle, and it takes the big strong man Pablo to kickstart that bad boy, and they take off. They end up at Ash's trailer. That's when we find out that the lady from next door, and she is a demon, a, a demonite, whatever they're they're called. Uh, I believe they're deadites. Deadites, is that it? Deadites, that's the one. Deadites. Yes, deadites. Demonite is something else, though. It's from something. But anyhow, um, she uh, starts kicking the shit out of everybody in the trailer, man. They're really strong. And all of the slapstick and all of that shit from the previous movies shows up here, which is... It, Sam Raimi has a very distinctive filming style. Yeah, just just think of the Doc Ock um, becoming Doc Ock scene in Spider Man Two, yeah. and that's there's your there's your there's your frame of reference. But this scene in particular, this whole fight scene was like beat for beat the last fight scene in Army of Darkness, like the where the woman uh, the Deadite shows up in in Smart at the end. Like this was that that exact level of action again on almost the same situation the, the the when when she is revealed for the first time and she's making the, the, uh, the and he goes with there's a curtain and you see the silhouette of the chainsaw <laughs> behind it and nothing else and then he pulls the curtain and the woman's standing there <laughs> making the most grotesque licky face i have ever it's like seen she gets she disarms him he doesn't get to said chainsaw Stabs Pablo, and 
it didn't seem like she stabbed him that hard, but apparently she jabbed the knife so far through him that it stuck him to the wall. Yeah, that was a a little, um, I don't know, wonky, that particular stunt. Because she also has Kelly on the ground and is threatening her with her nails, and they do that where it's going to poke her in the eye. Of course, Ash is knocked out on the bed. Pavel yells, Ash, Ash, wake up, wake up. And flips him the chainsaw with his foot because he's attached attached to the wall. And I think the best part of the show happens right here. Ash leaps, leaps towards said chainsaw, mid-air, connects, locks, and then lands with that, 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 Pose that oh shit's about to go down again exactly from army of darkness <laughs> when he's at the bottom of the pit somebody throws the chainsaw at him he jumps catches it on the broken arm lands strikes the pose and starts the chainsaw <laughs> uh takes her out you know a couple of swipes lops off her head i i, I mean it's perfect even from where the like the the scene where the moment where he's revealing where he keeps his shotgun which is in like the the, like a a little square hole underneath his trailer and there's a foot pedal or a a foot button and he stomps and the shotgun pops straight up into the air where he catches it (laughs) puts it over his shoulder and shoots a guy that he just Mm. just shy of hit with his car um like it's it's exactly what it's supposed to be. This, yeah, it was. This is a flawless evolution of the Evil Dead property. Yeah, the the, the pilot was chock full of fan service and a uh, guy that I really like uh, who is on an NPR podcast called uh, Pop Culture Happy Hour. His name is Glenn Weldon. He he tweeted this about uh, about the show, and I felt that it very well encapsulated. He said, "Fan service is fine when I'm the fan." Says fan. <laughs> This is, <laughs> like, <laughs> this is true. Well, this is yeah. True. We're all we're all happy with this because we're all fans of this property, and, uh, and and it is aimed directly at us. Yeah, and I mean, if you're not a fan of this property, it's either because you haven't seen it or you have no taste. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Evil Dead: Army of Darkness. If you even have the slightest interest in horror comedy, like it's it is the best at what it does. It is so freaking bizarre and funny and goofy and demonic and violent, but it's fun. It's really really fun. And um, this show's doing just an incredible job of encapsulating that. But it also had that kind of – this is interesting because you're taking something that has worked well in two movies because Evil Dead 1 is kind of pointless now because Evil Dead 2 exists, which basically tells the same exact story but does it infinitely better. So this well, is now taking something that's worked in movie format but turning it into a series. So this this kind of experience has really only been in these you know two capsule forms. Having it long form is going to be an interesting thing, and they've they've set the stage in a couple of interesting ways, like with this cop character that you know, the oh, Jedi's attacked, and totally forgot like the whole, that whole thing. B plot. Sorry. The, the, yeah, there was a whole subplot with different characters that, the, and she was interesting, and this that plot of somebody else dealing with the Deadites was interesting, um, and that was an example of I feel like 
them not reiterating all the same material from the movies because, you know, that was a completely different fight between her and the uh, and the Deadites. And I, and they did yeah. a lot of different things, but in the same style where there was, like, tons of blood and, like, crazy injuries. Like, guy got thrown up and impaled on the, the antlers Which on the wall. Which was awesome. But and there the, was, oh, my God, but there the was spinning no flashlight. That was, no, but, no, but, you know, it doesn't have to all be No, 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 comedy. that's what it was. Well, when when working there was no comedy but at the same time it was still it was still shot so distinctly in that like the the close ups the the mm-hmm. the quick zoom in this is this is this is my it was point. shot so sam Raimi. yeah and the the creepiness of like when this flashlight is spinning and the guy was like he was he turned back to himself for a minute he was like oh, please yeah, yeah, i'm yeah. your friend i need you and then he turned back into the demon and he was like laughing so creepy and that's just so Raimi. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. So I mean, it's, it's, this is this is just the perfect way to continue it and I hope it can I hope it can keep it up because it's already been renewed for a second season before the first episode even aired. Mm-hmm. Uh so they've got they've got their work cut out for them. Like they set the bar pretty high with this uh pilot and I'm hoping that these characters can sustain more than a movie and they can continue to be interesting in a long form format like this. Well, they did, they did the show. They did the pilot correctly. They had Raimi direct it first time ever for Sam Raimi to direct a television show. He did his, he did his job perfectly. He did Sam Raimi on TV. That's what we were looking for. And that's what we got. The only problem I possibly see coming is Sam's not, directing the rest of them yeah that makes me a little nervous uh, like this was obviously a Raimi product and I don't know how it's gonna do when it's not a Raimi product I'm We're hoping find out you know episode uh, two's got a lot to prove yes it does it it they know what we wanted because they gave it to us in the first episode I don't think that they will stray very far from that um the only thing that I see possibly happening is the fact that they'll stick with the cop side more and less with the ash side that would be the only because the 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 more dramatic side will be easier for someone else to do to get that comedy to get that 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 actual sam raimi ash interaction that's going to be tough for someone other than sam raimi true but they did go ahead and call the show ash versus evil dead so i'm I'm guessing there's going to be oh no 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 yes absolutely it was I we're I we're gonna see Ash throughout the whole episode or the whole series. I mean, it's his thing. So I'm am, I'm interested to see them meet because that's that what the what this show is essentially aiming to do, what it seems, is to bring all the factions of the Evil Dead mythos together. So we're gonna get a world where this you know, this cop woman is interacting with this fairly realistic character of a cop woman dealing with these supernatural situations is going to run into the absurdity that is Ash Williams. So I'm, I can't wait to see that happen. And I'm also very curious to see what more Lucy Lawless has to do. I mean, we saw her for oh, 30 true, yeah. seconds. <laughs> if that. I mean, she peeked around the corner and then bolted. Right. Hi, I have one line and I'm out. <laughs> it's me. Just so I can get credit for this episode. Look, the bottom line is, is this show is phenomenal, and I am beyond excited to to watch future episodes of it. And I concur. <laughs> All right, so recapping, um, everybody should watch 
Superman the Animated Series, Supernatural. We're giving it a thumbs up. Heck Love yeah. It. Absolutely. Um, Supergirl, we're giving... We're giving praise. We're giving a yeah, thumbs up. I'm gonna give a. I'm gonna give it the thumbs up. Not a you know, crazy enthusiastic thumbs up, but thumbs and, up enough to keep watching it. And did I already say Ash versus the Evil Dead? Did I say we liked that? No, Just but in case. all the yeah. thumbs up. All the thumbs up for Ash versus Evil Dead. All of the thumbs are all the way up. All the toes, <laughs> all of the fingers, all of the eyeballs, whatever you got, throw it up. It's for fans. What when they we heard. That Ash vs. the Evil Dead, a show, was coming out, and we all went, man, I hope that they do this. Whatever that was, they did it perfectly. Agreed. Absolutely. All right, Chris, give us the uh, the social media stuff. I hope you're talking about ways you can get in touch with us, like mailing us at mail at geekade.com, as well as finding us on all flavors of social media that we inhabit. Because you can like us on Facebook, you can find us on Instagram at Geekade, you can subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all the latest and greatest video content, and follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade. You can also find us individually on Twitter, I am at Geekade Chris, that's Geekade K-R-I-S. Karen is available at... Shoot underscore the underscore moon. And Evan is available at... Geekade underscore Evan. If you're interested in more information about anything we discussed tonight, be sure to check out the show notes. And while you're at it, subscribe to this and any or all of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes or our iTunes or whatever other podcast formula you like to use to get your podcasting goodness. And if you're super nice, leave us a review, a five-star one preferably, because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Seriously, it helps people find our show. More people listen to it, the better show we can give you. So all feedback any feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com where we post something new every single day. All right, Chris. Thank you so much. Listen, people, I'm going to put out a plea. Let us know. How do you feel about the shows we've spoken about? Is there a show that you'd like us to talk about? A show that we should check out? There's lots of television. There's only so much that we know to cover. So if you have any suggestions, please let us know. From all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan. I'm Chris. And I'm Karen. Good night. And this concludes our broadcast day.